today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God, this is impossible. <laughs> to which I could almost hear the Lord saying, well, it's about time. I made it impossible so you'd come to me because I'm the God of the impossible. And you wouldn't come to me when it was still possible for you. If it's possible for you, it's impossible for me. Because see, if it's still possible for you and you do it, you get the glory for it, not me. And no flesh is going to glory in my presence. I'm going to make this thing so utterly ridiculous in its impossibility so that when I do it, it will be unmistakable. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. There's a lot of people who refuse to ask for help even when it's needed. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that when something is impossible for us to accomplish on our own, we can always ask God for help. In fact, if the task is impossible to you, He'll be that much more likely to deliver because He desires and deserves all the credit. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Whatever it is that you brought to church with you today that you're struggling with or in need of and heretofore you have not received, have you even asked? So this answers the question of, oh, so I don't have because I didn't ask. So if I ask, that means I'll have. If it's according to God's will, you got it. I got another question. Why don't we ask? Answer, we don't believe. That's the problem. And even if we do ask, we won't ask for anything. We, we were told anything, just anything. What do you want? Anything. Anything. If it's good, here you go. But we won't ask for anything that we don't truly believe God would actually give us. In other words, we pray little prayers to a big God who is able to do the impossible if we would but believe. This centurion, man, we're going to see him in heaven, you know. And his healed servant too. You don't think that guy got saved? <laughs> he didn't just get healed physically, he got saved spiritually for all eternity. And he said, all you got to do, I, I believe you can do it. In fact, you don't even have to come to my house. I mean, not, not that I don't want you to come. How cool would that be? Of course, again, how nervous would you be if Jesus says, hey, I'm going to be at your place for dinner. <gasps> you are? Where's Martha when you need her? <laughs> right? That's a whole other sermon. We won't even go there. All you have to do, I, I believe you can do anything. You do? Yeah. Watch me now. You believe that I can do this? <laughs> okay, game on. Watch this. And he does it. And then even after he does the impossible, we're like, whoa, we still don't believe. I can't believe God did that. Well, you asked me to do it, and it was impossible, and I did it, and now, and now you don't believe it? Ask me anything. There's an interesting story that's told of Alexander the Great, 
while known for conquering the entire known world of his time, what's not so well known about him is that he was actually a very compassionate man, especially towards his people. As the story goes, he would set aside one day a year, and he called it Compassionate Day, in which he would randomly select people across his kingdom and allow them to ask the king for a special request that he would grant whatever it was. What's interesting is that most people would only ask for such things as food, clothes, money for medicine, and things like that. That is until one particular year when a peasant requested that he be given a big palace with a big banquet hall so he could host big meals for all of his friends. To the astonishment of all present that day, Alexander the Great granted his request. When the king's men asked him why he would grant this man's extravagant request, I mean, the the nerve of this guy. What's the matter with you? Everybody else just says, hey, can you just pay my rent? No, I want a mansion. I want a palace. Big banquet hall, custom design. I'll give you the blueprints. I want to have big meals. Because you said anything. Yes, I did. God, that's what I want then. Okay. Done. Why did you give it to him? Why did you grant his request? You know what Alexander the Great's response was? He told them that all the people were asking for mundane things. They could just ask anyone to give them. They don't need a king to give them such things. Anyone with extra goods or resources could do that. But a king, for the first time, this man has made me feel like the king I am. For only a king could grant such a request. I wonder, I I don't want to take this too far, but I want you to think this through with me. I wonder what could have been ours if we would have but asked and believed. Here's God who loves us so much at the ready, willing to give us anything. If we would just ask and believe, I'll give it to you, anything you want. I love you so much. I'll give you anything you want, anything, anything. And then we come. It's like this. Okay, JD's getting ready to pray. He's going to ask me for something. Gabriel, Michael, get over here. Come on, you guys, get ready. He's coming. Here he goes. Whatever he asks, give it to him. And so here I come. Father in heaven, bless this meal, and uh, bless it to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Ugh. Okay, you can go back. Um, we got another meal prayer. Where's that? Right? Think about it like this as earthly parents. I mean, Jesus even talking about the Holy Spirit said, you know, as earthly parents, if your children come to you and ask you for a fish, you're not going to give them a snake. 
Would you? <laughs> if you, I see me afterwards, if you would do that, or or bread, would you give him a stone? How much more your heavenly Father will give you whatever you ask Him for? In fact, I picture God just wanting so much to give us so much, and He's just waiting. Everything we need, whatever we have need of, is right here. Just come and ask me for it, and believe me for it, and I'll give it to you. It's waiting, it's collecting dust. Not that there's dust in heaven, but you get the point. It's just waiting here for you. Just ask me for it, and I'll give it to you. One of the things I'm learning about my own prayer life personally is that God doesn't say, I've got to pray. He compassionately reminds me that I get to pray. It's a get to, not a got to. Again, think about it as earthly parents, even grandparents. What if your children, grandchildren came to you and said, I've got to spend time with mom and dad or grandfather and grandmother. You know what? Don't bother. It's going to be like that. You got to? That's okay. No, I get to. Well, that's different. That's what prayer is. God never says, pray, because I'm God, and I said so. (laughs) Could you imagine? So he ever so gently and compassionately and patiently leads us and brings us to the end of our resources and the end of ourselves in the realm of the natural, so we're left with no other choice but to turn to Him in the supernatural. Again, one of the things I'm learning in my own walk with the Lord is that when it's still possible for me, it's impossible for God. It's like hands off to God, because I'm still trying to do it in my own strength in and of my own self. I got this, God. Okay. I'll be here when you're done for the 9,523rd time. And when you come to the end of yourself, you come to me, and I'll, of course, by then you've made a horrendous mess of the thing. I mean, why is it that, and God, again, so gracious, so compassionate, so merciful, He just waits until it's impossible. And then we come to Him, God, this is impossible. (laughs) To which I could almost hear the Lord saying, well, it's about time. I made it impossible so you'd come to me, because I'm the God of the impossible. And you wouldn't come to me when it was still possible for you. If it's possible for you, it's impossible for me. Because see, if it's still possible for you, and you do it, you get the glory for it, not me. And no flesh is going to glory in my presence. I'm going to make this thing so utterly ridiculous in its impossibility so that when I do it, it will be unmistakable. Even if you wanted to try to take the credit for it, (laughs) it will be laughable. Abraham and Sarah, she's 90, he's 100. Angel of the Lord, it was actually Christophany, the Lord himself appears to Abraham, says one year from the day you're going to have a son. (laughs) God, that's, that's impossible. That's a very old prayer request, Lord, on my, a very old prayer list. Uh, for, <laughs> in fact, we got Ishmael over here. 
God doesn't recognize Ishmael, a type of the flesh. He says, now I'm going to do it. Yeah, but Sarah's, you know, she's no spring chicken anymore. That womb has been long ago closed and barren. It's impossible. Oh, really? Watch me now. You know what the name Isaac means? Of course you do. In Hebrew, it's Yitzhak. In Arabic, my native tongue, it's Yitzhak. It literally means laughter, laughing, laughable. If I were to say to you in Arabic, Ana Yitzhak ma'akum, I'm saying I'm laughing with you. This is laughable. You know, in school, roll call, you know, Zachariah here, laughter here, <laughs> you know, that was his name. That's what it meant. The name was the nature. It meant laughable. Because it was laughable that a 90-year-old woman could give birth to a biological son. Not with God. With God all things are possible. When Jesus was asked about the impossibility of anyone being saved, his response in Matthew 19.26 was, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. When Mary questioned the angel of the Lord who told her that she would give birth as a virgin to the Savior of the world. He told her in Luke 137, with God nothing will be impossible. And then the aforementioned Abraham and Sarah. When Sarah laughed after Abraham was told, that she would give birth to a son at 90 years of age, well past childbearing age. In Genesis 18, 14, Abraham is asked by the Lord this rhetorical question, is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to close this way. Whatever that situation is in your life, (laughs) it's brought you to your face before the Lord. It's a good thing. You're looking at this situation and there's no way. No way. There is a way. Yeah, but this is impossible. Oh, really? Perfect. Because we serve a God who does the impossible. Why don't you just ask Him? Oh, come on. He's not going to give me a big palace with a big banquet hall so I can <laughs> have all my friends come over. And How do you know? No, it's impossible. There's no way. And then for you to think that He would do that for you? What's the matter with you? Not you, me. I'm actually talking to me. <laughs> I'll never forget that phone call to the realtor who was two weeks away from listing 3.1 acres at 47525 Cam Highway. I called him up, introduced myself. I didn't know this at the time. I just said, hey, um, is this property for sale? I had seen it years ago when we were still at the old building. But it was leasehold. It wasn't fee simple. And it wasn't even for sale anyway. So I thought, well, no way. Not interested anyway. So I called him. I said, is it still leasehold? He said, no, we took care of all of that. It's fee simple. I said, oh, really? I said, you know, I, I, 
uh, is it for sale? He said, well, interesting you should call. We're just getting ready to list it because we've cleared up all of the leases, all of the legal entanglements, all of the financial issues, and we're going to put it up for sale. I said, no need. It's, it's one of those things where after you say it, you think, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I said, you don't need to list it because we'll buy it. By the way, how much is the sale price? <laughs> no, right? I'm going somewhere. Just bear with me. I'm almost done. I haven't said one last thing yet, so. He said, well, five million. I said, okay, well, we'll we'll take it. Don't list it. We'll take it. So we set up a time and came out with the board and a few of the leaders. And (laughs) I have the pictures to prove it, by the way. You could not even walk in this thing. There were syringes, and I'm sorry for this, condoms and clothes and drugs and all kinds of stuff in this thing. And it was, I would suggest a Nat's eyebrow, and yes, Nat's have eyebrows, (laughs) away from condemnation, complete teardown. It was in that much of a state of disrepair. And I even remember, how laughable is this? We walk into this thing, and the stench and the water, it wasn't leaking, the water was pouring in. And you can even walk in some places and just full of rubbish. And I remember the board going, what did you get us into? (laughs) What have we done? You already bought it? Well, we're negotiating. Are you kidding me? This is laughable. This is impossible. I said, perfect. Watch what God's going to do now. I tell you, you're sitting in a miracle. You're sitting in the impossible, because God is the God of the impossible. You know, after we got the church, I would get phone calls and even emails from would-be buyers that are like, you bought it? Like, yeah. (laughs) How'd you do that? I didn't. God did. We're going to put a church there. We were going to put a shopping center there. We were waiting for them to list it. Said, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> God's timing is perfect. Only God could do that. Now here's, here's what, what I was wanting to say. I asked God, I'm not pleased. <laughs> Don't look at me like, well, Pastor J.D., we're not worthy. He's such a man of faith. If you only knew, don't talk to my wife. All of the times I was curled up in the fetal position, moaning. That's the man of faith I was. Oh, God, (laughs) what have I done? Just during the building process, what I didn't realize is God was building us, building our faith. Not just a building. But I remember distinctly this pivotal point where I just said, okay, God, I'm going to ask you for this, and I'm going to believe you for this. And it was almost like I untied the hands of God's miraculous blessings. And it was like, did you just believe me to do this? And yeah. Did you just really ask me for 3.1 acres at 47525 Cam Highway? Yeah. All right. 
Watch what I'm going to do. And oh, by the way, I'm going to do it. Don't try to help me out. I don't need you. In fact, you want to help me? Don't help me. Stay out of my way. Because when this is all said and done, there's no way you're going to take any of the credit for it. It's going to be laughable. People are going to walk in and say, that's your pastor? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get? We didn't. No, it wasn't him. It wasn't them. It wasn't us. It was him. He did it. He did it. How? We just asked. And he gave it to us. We believed that he could. And he did. You know what's, okay, this will be the last thing. This is important. This is the, the, the Holy Spirit, I believe. You know what's really sad? Is the word faith community and false teaching of the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, that has done more damage to the body of Christ than I would argue any other false teaching. Because we've thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater, as they say. We don't want to get anywhere close to this, hey, I'm going to believe God. I'm just going to believe God for big things and, and have faith that God can do it. We don't want to be labeled with them or looked at like them. And so we've gone to the opposite extreme. And we don't ask it for anything. We don't believe God for anything. I'll never forget, we visiting pastor of another Calvary Chapel on the East Coast was here couple years ago now, and uh, great guy. Ken Graves, Calvary Chapel, Bangor, Maine. We went out to see the Bobby Benson uh, Center up here, and so when he was at the church, he wanted to, to see it. He was just blown away, and he made this comment to me. I'll never forget it. He said, you know, J.D., you don't see this very often. You might see it with the word faith, guys, but not necessarily with the Calvary chapels that would have the audacity to ask for this? No way. Come, You know, we were a small church. We were nobody. We were nobody. We, I, I mean, probably when we got this building, we might have been maybe 150 people. And we wanted, and even other churches wanted this place. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, I said, Better not do that. But we believed God by faith, and we asked. We went to that throne room confidently, not hesitantly, not apprehensively, confidently, and we appealed to a loving God who wants to help us. And what we found was mercy and grace and help in our time of need. And we asked. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are so good, God. You're just so good. Lord, thank you that we can come to you anytime for anything and ask you. And if it glorifies you, we can have that which we ask for. Lord, I pray for anyone here today that just needed a word fitly spoken, needed to be reminded that you want to help, that you are compassionate, that you can do the impossible. Lord, I pray that you will do it. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Hebrews is rather enlightening as it traces all the history and traditions of the Old Testament, but ties them into the significance of Jesus and the New Testament. Essentially, Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament covenants and symbols. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb. It would be fascinating to have been a Jew during Jesus' time and to then later realize that Jesus was and is everything he said he would be. To fully understand the newer things, it's important to go back and appreciate the older ways, how it was done prior to Jesus coming to earth. The book of Hebrews is a wealth of knowledge and a resource for this exact thing. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Hebrews, we invite you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. You can find more messages there. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join us on Sundays or Thursdays at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word, looking for nuggets of wisdom and insights that God wants to teach you right in the book of Hebrews. As we look forward to next time, we trust that you've been encouraged by what you've heard today. Come back again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.